Welcome to the Business Perspectives by HawkFX, a podcast series with industry experts in international business, providing clarity on doing business overseas. HawkFX, clarity through perspective. Hi, I'm Vatsal Trevidi, and welcome to the Business Perspectives podcast with HawkFX. Today, uh, we're covering the currency market forecast for the first quarter of this year. And with me today is Greg Smith of HawkFX. Hi, Greg. Morning, Vassal. Well, um, let's get straight into it. Um, we've had a disruptive uh, couple of years through COVID. What are the major themes for 2022? Well, I think, to be honest, most of the themes from the end of last year still apply uh really so as you say covid's been a disruption over the last couple of years um that's maybe less than it has been uh, and potentially less going forward uh but that has then led to all sorts of uh, disruptions particularly thinking about it from a business perspective then supply disruptions um some of that has then been feeding through to another uh, what's becoming i think uh, one of the most important topics and, and the most talked about which is inflation um that was originally thought and expected and talked about as being transitory uh and and seems to be less and less so uh which then has caused into question what are we going to do about it uh and the, the central bank policy uh, changes that we then started to see and are talking about seeing as a result. So, uh, again, some exceptions, but the majority of central banks talking about having to do something. Uh, and that's, I think, going to be a big theme over the course of, of this year. The um, the economic growth that we've seen in 2021 was strong, as we saw a bounce back from uh, the COVID disruptions and, and from a very fragile uh, situation. Um, and that is is then one of the questions over whether we can cope with uh, changes to central bank policy. And we've seen the start of this year already quite a big slump in some, some um, equities, particularly on the tech side uh, and areas that maybe did particularly well through the disruption that are, are are doing less well going forward. And, and then probably the final one that I think is starting to, we haven't really seen so much over the last year and we're starting to see uh, as being a bigger issue this year is, is geopolitical risk. And again, we can talk a bit about the specifics, but particularly with, with Russia and, and China as we're starting off this year. Wow. <laughs> um, so let's just jump back a little bit to uh, COVID. How is that actually going to affect the markets this year? Yeah, so I, I think we're into a new phase. Uh, we're certainly going to see, I think, less disruption. That's the thinking at the moment. We'll see whether we, we get any other variants. But certainly uh, through the winter, we've seen the new Omicron variant. We've seen the wave take quite a different form and shape to previous waves of the virus. So way more cases, but, but fewer serious cases and deaths 
thankfully. Um, we're in a different situation generally in that most countries have now got significant proportions of their populations vaccinated. Um, and we've also got the fact that previous waves and, and up to this point now with Omicron, far more people have been infected again globally, which in combination with the vaccines means that far more people have some immunity across uh, both developed countries where we've we've had significant vaccine schemes, as well as in developing countries where previous exposure means that there is less chance of there's some immunity and less chance of future disruption. And, and I think that's where we're likely to be for this year, um, that that the base case is that we see less disruption. We see it uh, in a different phase. The risk really to that outlook is that we see another more severe variant that we, we then, you know, we, we can't let sort of roll through or we see something that evades uh, vaccines and prior exposure doesn't quite take us back to square one. But again, it starts to raise how can we start to react to, you know, any new episode. I think if we don't have any new major disruption, we'll start to see economies around the world continue to return to a more normal growth path. Uh, as the bounce back that we've seen from the previous lockdown starts to fall out of the data. Um, so really then the question is, what is that new normal? Um, we've still got issues, for instance, with supply uh, and, and the, the supply chain, some of which has, has been caused uh, or, or may continue to be caused by China as a very significant part of the global economy, where they are still aiming for a zero COVID uh, policy, which means and has meant we've seen in the run up to the Winter Olympics, uh, whole cities completely locked down, which is then going to have a knock on impact. All right. So it's uh, the supply chain that we're seeing in the news. And I guess energy prices, the other thing that we've been seeing in the news yeah, definitely. Um, the supply disruption really was a big story last year, and I think it's likely to continue through the early part of this year. It's taken a lot of time already for, for, for some of the bottlenecks to resolve. Um, we've seen shipping prices substantially higher uh, than they have been historically, and, and that still hasn't come back down to normal levels as you mentioned energy prices significantly higher particularly in the uk with some of our supply peculiarities and again there isn't really a, a quick fix and a quick end in sight that they're, they're expected to continue and that will have a direct impact on on consumers and on businesses uh, directly um I mean, you can look at any number of uh, of examples in, in different areas, but one that's been talked about a lot is uh, the chip shortages, which have affected many industries and, and particularly new cars, which then causes delays in, in getting those new cars built and off the production lines uh, and, and means that, you know, whatever demand is there and demand's probably gone up 
anyway where people have been working from home and and, and in some cases have you know more spare cash that's a a purchase that people might be making uh, and that demand you know there aren't enough new cars to fulfill that demand so people have been buying nearly new cars uh, and that pushes prices up in in that area so there's 30 percent plus increases in in prices for nearly new cars so between all of that a it has an impact on on behavior there's still demand around when the supply comes back you know when they start when when the chip supply increases again it's still going to take time for those to get into the cars for those cars to make it and there's still going to be people wanting to buy more of those cars there's that pent-up demand overhang that will need to clear so it's not going to be quick i think to resolve itself um and we've also then got a, a, a significant impact where it's pushing through to inflation um uh, and that's been again one of the other big themes we've talked about interesting you talk about uh, new cars uh one of my relations in fact um uh, told me about a dealership that was normally selling 1000 or over a thousand uh, new cars a year mm. has been told that they'll get uh, 30 cars and that's the most they'll get in by march um of wow. this year so uh that gives you an idea of really what's what's happening on the ground in in the UK in particular, no doubt ar- around the globe. Yeah, same same in the US again, and and we've seen here anecdotally um, some nearly new cars actually going for more than the new cars would be themselves, <laughs> because if you want it, you've got a choice of you know based on that waiting six months or a year to a new car versus going out and getting something now and. Um, as you say, it's uh, it's turning things upside down a bit. Yeah, definitely. And uh, in terms of this is obviously going to have a knock-on impact on uh, consumers and businesses. Yeah, d- completely. And, and directly for businesses who are part of the supply chain, obviously we deal with lots of, uh, of companies in various industries and in various parts of the supply chain. But ultimately, wherever they sit within that, we're seeing most of them impacted in some way, particularly with increased costs to bring goods into the UK or to export them or even to move them around with oil prices and and transport challenges. Um, There's then been delays in getting goods in, as you say, with the cars, as an example, there to sell. So what, again, it's caused to happen is that when companies are buying goods in some of them are then saying well okay i don't know when i'll be able to get the next lot so they're buying more stock in order to have it for when it's have it available for when people want it and then there's an impact in you know getting it in in storing it in the the financing cost of having more stock so all of that then leads to an increase in in costs for businesses and again some of that's then feeding through to inflation and we've also seen shifts in uh, employment patterns um, as a result of of some of these uh, disruptions that we've had over the last couple of years. So uh, we saw, obviously, we've seen furlough schemes in the UK and, uh, and other schemes elsewhere. And we've seen areas that haven't been able to function. So 
people left, for instance, the hospitality industry where it just wasn't possible to, to work. People were furloughed or were laid off because those, uh, those jobs, those requirements weren't there. Um, and what seems to have happened through the employment data is that people have gone and found other roles elsewhere. Um, and so certainly in, in some areas, the labor market's very tight. Uh, there are jobs that, you know, employers can't take people into. There, there isn't the supply or people either don't want to go back to it or don't want to go back to it at a certain price. Um, so we've seen record high vacancies in the UK, in the US, in many, um, many markets. Uh, and again, it's, it's, it's hard to be clear on what's going on with that in terms of whether it's people just don't want the jobs that are there. They've taken other jobs. The, the mix of jobs has changed. It's some combination of, of all of the above. But ultimately, what it's doing is pushing up wages. And again, that directly feeds into inflation because it's costing companies more to provide any given service. And it also means that people are getting paid more and it, it, it's starting to, um, to, 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 to feed into inflation generally, which is again, we said at the beginning is one of the, one of the real major stories. And I think something we're going to see a lot more about over the course of this year. All oh, right. And so that's why we're sort of seeing the um, central banks uh, starting to raise their uh, rates. Yeah, definitely. Um, we, we've already seen rate hikes in New Zealand. We've had a, a rate hike at the end of last year in the UK. Um, we've got the US expected to uh, increase rates in March. Uh, they've started uh, tapering off their asset purchases in preparation for that. Uh, Canada following a similar path to the US. Um, but then in some areas, there's less expected from the central banks in Australia. Inflation hasn't been as high as other places and the expectations aren't for it to, to move higher. So, so they're, uh, not looking at hiking at the moment. And again, we'll see what happens. Um, and in Europe as a, as a good outlier, inflation's at the highest level it's been at since the EU came into being. It's around 5% at the moment and, and continuing to move higher. But the ECB is still saying they don't want to stifle the recovery. They think inflation will moderate over the course of the year and they think they still believe it's transitory. Um, and as a result, they're, they're, they're committed to not doing anything again for the time being. And really, that's the big challenge. And, and I think where we, we're going to see some, some shifts and some pressures in the currency markets is where uh, some central banks are uh, taking action at, and some are taking a different view or they're happening in different different speeds as inflation takes off at different speeds as the economies are bouncing back at different speeds. I think the first thing is that it's difficult to to see really what the central bank's trying to achieve with uh, hiking rates. So where we've talked about supply disruptions, will will increasing rates help to push things through the supply chain? Well, no, not 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 at all. Really, if anything, it's it's more likely to have the opposite 
impact. I suppose what it might do is have something of an effect on demand, which might mean that, that demand and supply come back into balance sooner. Um, the other thing that I think for me, the reason that they are moving now when again, it, it, it you know, we're still in a fairly uh, tentative recovery is that once you get expectations entrenched and I think many people in the markets haven't seen higher, you know, really higher inflation and, and, and real moves like there were in the, the eighties and, and, and yes. so on. <laughs> yeah. You know, sure. saw saw mortgage rates and, and, and interest rates up at 14% and going up 2% at, at a time. Um, and, you know, we're in a very different uh, situation now, but the risk I think the central banks see is that with tight labor markets, uh, as wages start to go up, if we start to get into a wage price spiral, that's, you know, that's what could then cause expectations uh, to keep to keep moving higher. Wow, um, sounds a bit frightening. I mean, are these economies they likely to cope with all these rate rate hikes? Yes, I suppose it, it depends. <coughs> is is quite often the answer, right? So it depends how much. So if you go back to the eighties and you know rates at twelve or fourteen percent and and significant hikes you know we're in a very different situation at the moment at the end of last year um uh, the ecb raised rates by 15 basis points so by 0.15 percent which in reality very few people would have even noticed and even if that went directly to your mortgage costs again for most people it's it's not going to make a significant difference for for consumers or businesses in the uk the the market's currently pricing in another two hikes of of a quarter percent each time so even at 0.75% at the end of the year is that going to have a material effect on the economy <sighs> difficult difficult to see it uh, having a substantial effect i think the bigger risk is that the inflation continues to go higher so the talk of it being transitory and the talk of things working themselves out either it takes longer and or it goes further and starts to be become entrenched at which point you know the banks having started to move then maybe decide they have to move more quickly and with with larger increases to try and have an impact and at the moment the there is talk that the federal reserve in the us may raise rates by 50 basis points uh, in march rather than the 25 points that was originally discussed so i think that again is is where there's going to be a big um, story over the course of this year is how does growth yeah, continue over the course of the year but then how does does inflation moderate and how much and how quickly and, and what do the banks feel they need to do so i mean growth in 2021 globally is about six and a half percent and the expectations this year are around four percent so there's already an expectation that that we we see growth moderate or fall in terms of rate a little bit and again if if um 
if rates start to go up, it's likely to have more of an impact in that sense. So we've got interest rates, supply chain disruptions, uh, energy prices. Is there any other risks lurking around the corner? Uh, I think the the other one that I mentioned at the beginning um, was was geopolitical. Ah, yes, risk, and and that's sort of funny. We've feels like we've had a bit of a time where that hasn't really come to the fore. Um, maybe since since Donald Trump uh, went out of office, we in that sense at least seem to have had a bit of a quieter year. I guess everybody's been working and had other things to uh, to focus on with COVID. Uh, that that maybe it, you know other actions have, have been a bit quieter, but certainly from a political perspective, I think there are a few risks out there that that are starting to look like they could have an impact. I mean, we've got it seems to be all over the papers at the moment with the the UK Conservative uh, Party and, and whether we might have a change of prime minister here, uh, which you know looks more and more likely given what comes out. Um, but I don't think it's going to have a significant impact. Yeah, we'll have another Conservative Prime Minister for a while at least, and, and the policies are unlikely to change. Um, from a from a bigger, more global importance perspective, the, the situation in Ukraine with Russia lining up at the border certainly seems to be causing tensions. And uh, I guess we'll see how that develops over the next few months. Uh, and whether that does spill over into conflict, it certainly is a fairly tense situation. And uh, and I think everyone's watching closely at how Europe and the US respond to the situation there. But again, clearly could be uh, serious implications and and concerns globally if, if we do see any sort of conflict there and what the repercussions end up being. And I think also in in china as a major power and and yeah, becoming one of the the most important global markets economies and countries in terms of influence um their economic impact is causing tensions i think particularly with the us and we saw through donald trump's tenure around trade uh, and they they've also been taking other actions in the south china sea laying claim and and making claim to areas that might be uh, beneficial from a, a, a natural resources perspective. Um, and there, there seems to be, again, tensions brewing in that area. Uh, and I, I don't think that was, uh, I don't think those tensions were, were calmed any uh, by the AUKUS agreement. Awful, awful acronym, the Australia, UK, US um, submarine deal. Uh, which again, China wasn't terribly happy with and saw it as a an encroachment on on their territory. And we've seen quite a few other, um, I would say, shows of solidarity. I, I guess you'd call it from um, you know the, the the Western world. The the Chinese see it as as. Uh, you know, I guess threats or, or saber rattling, but you know we've seen UK um, ships traveling through the South China Sea, German ship traveling for the first time in in many years through the 
disputed areas of the South China Sea. So again, it, it does feel like the tensions in, in that area will continue to to simmer over the course of this year. Wow. There's, uh, so there's uh, actually quite a lot going on uh, in the world this year. But in real terms, uh, what will be the impact that you're sort of expecting to have on exchange rates? I think that all of all of the above really feeds through to to one thing and one word. I, th- I think when it comes to rates generally, and that's volatility and and higher volatility. Um, we've seen you know a lot of that over the last couple of years with. Uh, the way different countries were impacted to a different extent by COVID. Um, you know, we saw massive moves in the Australian dollar early on in, in, in the pandemic when expectations were that, that, you know, China would be affected and Australia would be substantially affected. Uh, and again, when that wasn't the case, uh, things changed the other way. Um, and again, we've been in a situation where Australia ended up somewhat behind the curve, having gone for a zero COVID strategy. Um, and now I guess they're catching up and going through more significant waves and, and have had further lockdowns, which will have uh, a, an impact on the economy there over the course of this year, as even though they'll now, I think, start to come out of those restrictions um going forward for the uk uh europe and the us i think the big driver is going to be what happens with any further restrictions and and with interest rates and expectations of where they're going so we started to see rates rising in the uk we expect to see similar in the us the majority of forecasts see the euro weakening against both currencies over the course of this year uh, but again it really depends on whether the ECB decide they do need to um, to, to put some stimulus uh, whether they need to keep stimulus in place whether they uh, start to think they have to raise rates if we continue to see inflation go higher so again um, I think a lot of it will depend on the path of inflation and central bank action. Um, in Canada, they've followed a similar path to the US. They're, they're very um, well vaccinated, uh, but again, have, have, have had a similar wave to the US. Uh, and given some of the restrictions, uh, the Canadian dollar has been underperforming, uh, but we might well see that turnaround over the course of this year with inflation and rates heading higher and oil uh, also having been um, finding some further strength uh, on the back of disruptions so again i think the the main point for me is that um, there is likely to be substantial volatility over the course of the year ahead Um, and we've got the forecasts in full on the website but again, some of it comes down to uh, a case of, of having a look at it specifically and look at those exposures and really thinking about where can you, you know, 
at what point will it cause an impact and where can you afford it to go to to make sure you know you're looking at the impact that the the, the rate moves might have on you as an individual or as a business okay Great. Okay. Well, really, thank you, Greg, for your insights on the global business markets and currency markets. As Greg mentioned, uh, listeners can see the full report uh, on the website and um, also access to commentaries uh, on a weekly basis also can be subscribed through um, the website. Uh, to ensure that you receive future podcasts, click on the subscribe button. Uh, this has been uh, Vatsal Trevidi and Greg Smith at Business Perspectives Podcast. Thank you for listening to Business Perspectives by Hawk FX. Clarity through perspective. For all your money transfer needs, whether you are a business or an individual, visit hawkfx.com. Hawk FX.